0: Thank you. This very delicate, um, both delicate and powerful practice of um, not getting hooked. It's right? so easy to get hooked. A little train of thought, one thought starts a train, <laughs> you know, and then yeah, we can go. And we're stabilizing presence here, where thoughts can arise, but we're not uh, entranced, we're aware, oh, ideas are coming, and I'm here, here, here. Maybe moods or emotion lands, you know, I don't know, discouragement or hope or something, and we keep saying, yeah, I'm here. While this is visiting. It's not like it's neutral and nothing's happening. I think it's alive. Or if it is neutral and nothing's happening, that's also a challenge. Here, staying here. It's very uh, kind of a... Yeah, quiet, delicate, very delicate work of not getting hooked, you know. And then there's a sensation in the leg. Oh my God! If it gets more than that, you know and we don't get hooked, you know, or there's a judgment about self, or the body, or whatever, you know, and we stay sitting here, Uh, yet in the middle of this reality, although suddenly shame flashes by, you know, or confusion, still I remain visited by all these, these things, pulled, maybe, and pushed in some ways, but also in some ways um, grounded so sometimes it, to do this it takes courage sometimes it takes patience sometimes it takes kindness sometimes it takes a lot of humor you know because <laughs> you see all the movements but you know and these different qualities they're not always the right you know at different times the, the the right one sometimes it's not time to have humor <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny at all, you know. And sometimes, yeah, it's time to have humor, because it's deliriously funny. <laughs> um, tons of uh, kindness, I think. I think that's maybe one of the conclusion I might reach, I'm reaching. It's going to take a tons and tons of uh, kindness for oneself, for life, you know, for the body, you know, misbehaving. Mm-hmm. Not being the body that it should be, you know, in different ways, I imagine, for all of us. Or the mind, you know, being unruly, you know, tons of forgiveness and tenderness. So it's a real training. I I like that I, I don't get over this, that we either come together like this, or sit at home in a corner somewhere, and we actually train. It's possible to train the heart-mind system. Ah, my God, if it was not possible, what a mess! You know? But it's actually possible, that's certainly what these teachings say. You actually can train, it takes time, effort, it's confusing, it's not easy, but it's possible to make space, make space, that's a way to talk about what we're doing, no? make space for what's there. Oh, funk. <laughs> I don't know if I'm using English well, but it's like, it's funk, <laughs> funk in here. Funky, uh, you know, crooked, uh, you know, it's not uh, easeful, it's this eased you know. And can it be okay? Can it be okay for this moment? So learning to make a little space for this so that, um, that we find the middle way, we find the middle path here where we learn, we train the mind, we learn how to n- not get carried away by despair or debating with despair. No, I don't want you, you know? But the middle path, not easy, of course, to recognize, oh, wave of despair, oh my God, all the physical sensations that come with it, the, I don't know, hollowness or heaviness or the loss of sight, the loss of clarity, the, you know, and learning how to be there and become a really wide container. Yes, this too, this too. When in the past we feared. no, not that, you know. Uh, or you know, of course, got um, in, totally entranced, taken for a big ride, you know, learning how to be visited. Wow, not easy. Not fooled. Uh. And so that's, that's the extremely humbling practice that we are doing. I don't know if you see some uh, development happening in that you know I, for myself I do actually it gives me hope I mean it's really rickety and f- funky and <laughs> uneven and uh, messy but still I think I, I, no not I think I can t- clearly report that there is the gaining of uh, ability you know see, there gaining of a some space that allows for these, for the system to um, meet, um, accompany itself in all these uh, these movements. I can't name them all. There's so many movements in the a heart and mind and body. But uh, and it has a taste of freedom. It's not the freedom I thought of. You know, free, to me, meant it would not appear. And at this point in this practice, it's, there's some kind of inside of it, finding out that there is resources inside that can meet this. Again, sometimes courage, sometimes patience, sometimes uh, almost unconditional kindness, you know. And, whoops, then it's gone, you know. The resources, the allies, the good qualities, they're gone. But then they reappear again. So that's a kind of one level of freedom, I think, that we can talk about, that can be developed. The capacity. Sometimes it's not, uh, sometimes it's presented, it might be presented as uh, with the analogy of space, you know, the space that can contain the army or the butterfly or nothing and sometimes the image is uh, the it's we talk about uh, pliability malleability of mind and heart so the capacity for the heart to adapt to different inner and outer circumstances you know uh so that we're not Like this, but more like, (laughs) okay, you know. That's the mind that stays responsive, although it's, you know, there's an arrow here and another one here and another one in the back, you know. Able to be there, able to be there. And so that's what we practice as we sit, uh, like this. And that's what we are invited to practice as we stand here and move about, go down the stairs, every moment becoming an opportunity to train a stable uh, presence, stable um, in the sense also of time uh, that stays, remains there. So the abandoning of the departing mind that always departs and a fascination or another you know how we get fascinated by dread you know fascinated by self-hatred oh yeah what are you saying I'm a piece of shit yeah let me follow this I can't do anything else but follow this it feels so true or you know vortex like take we're learning to say no thank you no kindness re-establishing kindness care hear. sounds sensory awareness is what we learn to value yes it says it's all gonna end up really badly you know i could go in that direction but I'm learning the skills of valuing traffic sounds <laughs> for sanity, <laughs> you know, to bring balance and stability in a mind that would be carried into despair or hope. Or, you know, here, here. And that uh, stable mind, that mind that can actually remain, that is... Uh, visited maybe but um, not carried away by all these things it might even be just discomfort in the body not just that's something that can be extremely <laughs> uh, intense and um, uh, yeah uh, epic <laughs> and so learn learning developing uh, and learning to enjoy that stability, recognize it, honor it, invite it. that 's pliability of mind also that developed with practice, develops with practice, is the, the remembering stability, inviting it, and l- seeing that at different times where we wouldn't have been able to, we were able to invite it, and the malleability of the mind makes, makes it, it responds. It's suggestible in a really good way. You can say, hey, maybe some calm here would be helpful. And because of training, it can come, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but sometimes, oh usually, I would not have thought about this as a possibility, like the calming of the mind in this, these circumstances, inward or outward And now I remember the possibility of calm and also can invite it, and some amount of it can come in the field and help you know, understanding vision, response. So by developing that stability of mind, we gain some freedom. Uh, and also and that's an, a second level of freedom that I want to say a few words about. I talk about this often, but I'm presenting it in this way today one level of freedom is the capacity to be in an unstable uh, world, inner world, outer world. You know? the, the capacity to navigate a world that is not controllable, uh, doesn't behave as we want it. You know? So of course it's gonna take a number of decades, for sure, mm-hmm. to find our way into this. That's one level of uh, freedom. And then another level of freedom is uh, is not about the ability as much to meet the world, but a, a deep understanding of the nature of the world. So that's, that's a whole other level in terms of depth, maybe. And so what do you mean by that? What's that about? Um, So that's kind of the deeper regions of Buddhist uh, research. I would want to present it like this, of exploration, investigation of the nature of reality and a whole other level also of freedom that is possible there. Uh, That the Buddha talked about saying, I wouldn't even talk about it if it was not possible to go that deep. You know, uh, but I do talk about it because it's possible to actually question these assumptions. And so, when the mind in meditation gets uh, stable, so it's not taken on a ride with every movements of the mind. You know, like oh later, let's go there. Oh no, want to be here? Yeah, but uh, in the past or this or that. You know, when there's uh, some stability that is uh, created, gathered sometimes it's the conditions are helpful for that and sometimes the conditions makes it impossible it's going to be rocky for a little while here you know because the way things are happening outside but when there is this stability then there's a possibility to investigate the nature of reality and so and when i'm saying this i'm seeing uh, you know like the zen gardens Kind of representation of the mind that we're developing here you know like extremely quiet one rock one tree you know we understand why the monastics or people would go on retreats in landscapes like that so that the mind could become really really stable quiet but not sleeping <laughs> you know stable quiet but alert awake Sensitive, And in that, amazing things can appear. Like the view, the perceptions, the sense that we have of reality can switch just a little, ever so slightly. Like a small little, everything stays the same, but suddenly something that appeared in a certain way doesn't appear like this, like now. It appears differently. And so it reveals the ephemeral nature of appearances. Wow. Something that appeared so much like this, me, the other, life, suddenly, whoops, it's perceived a little bit differently. And so that's what we call insight. Vipassana, seeing deeply, insight, meditation. So we're sitting there, the mind gets calm, we've learned a bit how to navigate the comings and goings of the heart and psyche and body, learn to befriend it, to stay balanced in it. And then, suddenly, it's not I who is hearing, Suddenly sounds are heard. I just dropped for a second. Same situation. Sitting, breathing, hearing, but the I that was perceived to be at the middle of the experience, suddenly seemed like totally extra. It was an added thing. Conceptualizing that was added on top. Suddenly, there's just hearing. Remarkable. Or my hands becomes perceived, perceived as tingling. Not so much in the frame through the concept of owning it's not so much my hand it's one version of reality but suddenly it's not the one at the foreground the one at the foreground doesn't have owning in it it just has tingling as an experience that is really happening tingling is happening but it's not perceived so much as mine this this framework is not there so it reveals its ephemeral nature, its conceptual nature. Oh, so interesting that I was so hooked by the I-mine, and in a second of quietness it vanishes for, for a moment. It's not seen through this. And maybe I can remember, Oh, actually there's many times where it's not seen like this. I just haven't noticed that sometimes there's just walking on the street, you know? And suddenly, oh, I am going to be late. I appears. And is trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why here, partly why, we want to quiet the mind and make it really alert, really attuned in a stable way, in a, with duration, stay tuned in Really tuned in, so suddenly it can see the flickering nature of our perceptions, of our worldview, of our self view. You know. And that's known to be extremely liberating. It's not inhilation. Is that the right word in English? <laughs> Something inhilation. and Yeah. That word, annihilation. <laughs> I mean by that that it's not that we disappear and everything disappears and it's the big oh my god <laughs> emptiness in the worst sense of it. You know, it's uh, and that's scary sometimes when we hear in Buddhist thought about emptiness. But emptiness maybe is more a better word might be fullness, fullness of reality, but empty of the oppressing I view you know, suddenly there's just breathing. And so I falls away for a moment, and I, and all the stressful questions that came with it. What's going to happen to I? No, it's gone, and it's totally fine. (laughs) Oh, good. And then it comes back, and when it comes back, maybe we have uh, more patience, care, love, a little humor. Oh. I don't want this. <laughs> I does not want this. <laughs> I has a strong opinion. <laughs> and so this freedom, and that's, that's a deep sense of freedom. You know, oh, I thought I was the body, or owned the body, but there is a body. Oh, it feels like that but it doesn't describe any I, you know? And so uh, that's like the kind of most subtle, but also most powerful kinds of uh, hook, pervasive kind of hook that we are suffering from. And so, in this practice, the design of it is made to even question that, where no one has gone before, and where no one is found or returns from, <laughs> 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 where well, life is full and vibrant, uh, but the perception is altered. It's not the fabric of life is not a- altered. It was—it's always the same fabric of life but the view of it the perception of it oh when i thought it was about me it was the me was the big thing put in the middle that doesn't exist in this way you know this is extremely counterintuitive like there's nothing that seems to lead us towards <laughs> that discovery you know Especially not in a capitalistic uh, world, you know, where everything is kind of conceptual, believed, around, c- created, uh, around uh, owning, ownership, you know, so it's, it kind of goes in a, against the stream, uh. but we're saying... Well, actually, ownership is highly questionable. (laughs) Or have you noticed, you know, the suffering that comes with it, you know? The wanting to own. The being stuck with something that I don't want mine, but apparently I'm told is me or mine, you know? How this. And will I get it? Will I own it? And if I own it, will I be able to keep it if it's uh, (laughs) desirable for me, you know? and all the stress around this. So here we sit and we see if we can allow the world to unfold as it does. The ache, the beauty, the opinions, the sensations, the perceptions, how it appears like this right now. That's. this level of freedom, the nature of reality. So, what's the nature of reality? I'm not going to teach you anything, I think, by telling you what's there in the teaching. What's the nature of reality? It's ephemeral. Things, events are ephemeral. You know? They're uncontrollable. Right? You know, of course, we can contribute in all kinds of ways, but in so many ways, you know. find ourselves in the middle of these situations, political, uh, you know, all kinds of ways that uh, privilege and oppression is playing out. It's it's not a world that uh, agrees with either what we would want or need or what would be fair, it seems. It's a little bit more... Crooked than that, it has its own rules, but from the point of view of a sensitive human being, uh, it's, a, it's a predicament. So we're invited here to question uh, this thing we do as a when we identify, define ourselves by sense that is me, or mine, or I. I'm not sure there's a deeper investigation that is possible than this one, you know, that is so much at the core of our experience. the nature of reality, unstable, ephemeral, changing, uncontrollable, and not about the certain moi that I'm trying to define, trying to kind of uh, get the well-together version that will be (laughs) well-functioning, you know, and when I get it, then somebody will tell me, well, the I I have for you, <laughs> that I perceive of you, <laughs> is not the one that you have that seems to be working, <laughs> that you got together. I have another I for you. <laughs> I perceive you as that, you know, and that the oppression of this. And so um, maybe we could try practicing a little bit again, and maybe I'll see if uh, the conditions are right for the mind to become somewhat stable and then we'll uh, we'll bring in that investigation which is said to um, lead to uh, it's kind of like the grand door to uh, to 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 to, to it's called the end of suffering you know, so it's the grand door to Joy to care, to stability, to vibrancy, to non struggle. But we cannot make it happen in some ways. Uh, force it, control it, but we can certainly help bring the conditions that will uh, allow for insight to arise. So what are these conditions? A mind that is uh, full of presence, mindful, Alert, but not in a stressful, like uh, vigilant, is that the word in English? Way. Um, Not in a tight way, not in a scared way. In a curious way, if possible. In a friendly way. For life to reveal its uh, secret, its nature. It'll need to be uh, really seen, really heard, cared for. So we sit here and we care about this life, the one that could be or should be. But this one here, we give it generous uh, attention, presence. sympathize with it, get acquainted with it. Sensations of the body be known, if at all possible. We let the sounds be heard. Maybe we just discovered that hearing happens by itself. investigation might happen through a question, a question that uh, is answered by Presence itself, not by words or concepts, by listening, by paying attention. The question here could be, who is hearing? Is it possible to meet this I who is hearing? hearing? Who is hearing? Who is breathing? Discover that breathing is happening by itself, naturally. You might discover the same with hearing, that it just happens. itself, no doing nobody doing the hearing. sitting maybe a representation of self comes up an image of little me sitting that's just an image it's a representation This is expressed sometimes as sitting is happening, hearing is happening, breathing is happening. Mindfulness is present, or the mind is scattered, our fear is known, for quietness is known. Who is thinking? Sometimes desire for something else is doing the thinking, sometimes impatience is doing the thinking, sometimes benevolence or agitation is speaking. elements of nature, different phenomena happening, moment of hearing, ephemeral, gone, moment of uh, sensing the belly rising, for example, an ephemeral event, an ephemeral moment of knowing, where is the eye? Does it go with the moment of hearing, the moment of sensing, the moment of thinking? We keep transferring the I to the next moment, the next event. I'm hearing, I'm thinking, I'm listening. we might not have to be identified with every phenomena, every experience of the mind. Every despair is despairing. And wanting is wanting. If your eyes are closed and you want to open your eyes for the last few moments here, just notice that once the eyes are open, sight happens, spontaneous. You can think, I'm seeing, but sight happens spontaneously, it's natural. not to hear this. the Buddha has this uh, exchange with uh, Bahia this very famous uh, Sutra famous exchange. Intriguing, kind of, uh, in line with what I'm talking about, He says to um, s- so uh, Bahia. The story goes. I don't know if you know the story. Of Bahia, he thinks is he's, he's awake because maybe as the that first level of freedom that I talk about, which is mind, is able to uh, allow for thoughts to be there, or no thoughts to be there, or anger to be there, and stays kind of stable with his values and integrity you know. And while all the life is happening he's like wow pretty far out <laughs> 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 you know all things are happening but the mind is still sted- steadily caring you know that's qu- quite beautiful beautiful mind heart and so he thinks he's awake he thinks he's done his job and so a good friend or maybe a foe <laughs> somebody comes and says to Bahia Actually, I don't think you're awake, you know, but you're very, very, very wise, very wise, but I don't think you're totally awake. I think there's still some uh, misunderstanding in your mind. But there is one being, the Buddha, he's called, and he's wandering around uh, this area. You know, you might find him in a forest, or by a river, or in a city sometimes, but you should find him because he's known to be awake, fully awake. And so Bahia. Starts on a quest to find the Buddha, and apparently walks—I don't know if it's 700 miles or kilometers—but and does find the Buddha. But just at the moment of um, alms rounds, so the Buddha who eats only once a day, like around 11:30 or something. It's time to go for the uh, to go around with the begging bowl to uh, to get this one meal, and at the moment where Bahia finds him, Bahia said please give me a teaching, you know, I'm, I've been told you're extremely wise, I uh, humbly ask for you to tell me something that I, might help me, you know, in my quest for freeing the heart, you know. And the Buddha says, beautiful Bahia, beautiful, let me go get my food, we'll <laughs> <and> <laughs> talk after. And Bahia says, this is like a classic uh, story of uh, somebody asking for a teaching in the Buddhist teaching, uh, for a second time bahia said i understand that give me just a little something because who knows you know really aware of impermanence and ephemerality of life and conditions and stability you know of things he says please just before you go give me a little something and the buddha says bahia when i come back we'll talk and bahia for a third time that's expressing his you know really uh passion for uh, exploration and freedom and well-being, you know, says, please, just a little word, you know, before you go. And uh, and the Buddha says, uh, okay, Bahiya, because the third time you can't actually, uh, you can't say no, apparently. Which one time I tried and it worked because... <laughs> that's a little parenthesis. I was, uh, I had the chance to... Uh, to go sit a retreat that was not signed in, it was a full house, but my teacher, Jack, has a, had a, in the, that forest where it was happening at Spirit Rock, he has a little cootie where he goes to write, a little cabin, very smart, and he said, Pascal, if you want to sit with uh, the monastics this week, you can have my cabin, I'm not gonna be there, I'm gonna be traveling, you could go ask them. And uh, actually, I, uh, I knew I had to leave to teach a retreat myself on the last day, so I could do like like six days of the seven day retreat. So I went and asked and I said, please, uh, I'd like to ask if I can set the retreat. I'm not registered, uh, but Jack allows me to use his little cabin. And also I would have to leave the day before, but I think I could gain a tremendous amount of learning in six days, you know, and the, 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 the whole uh, the head monk, the abbot that was there in his entourage, you know, they were all like, "No, unfortunately, you know, you, when we do a retreat, it, it's a beginning and an end." And I, I do the same thing as a teacher, you know. So I, I tried my luck, you know. And I said, "No, unfortunately, no." And then I thought about the Buddhist stories of the <laughs> scriptures, you know, and, and uh, they were all, look, you know, for them it was the end of the conversation, and you know, I had to take all my courage, you know, and I said well, and I thought I'm going to use the language and you know, they'll recognize it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and said, so, well, for a second time, <laughs> I would really like to ask if there could be, like, uh, I will be very, very discreet, you know, and just come for the teachings and will not, uh, you know, will not take space. And they said, no, unfortunately. And then I was like, I feel like I was going to die. And, and I was like, ah, I have to do it three times. <laughs> and then I said for the third time, and then they started, some of them started laughing and some of them got really rigid. <laughs> I said, for a third time, I would like to allow, and of course, if you say no, I would totally respect this, but I, I have to respect the tradition <laughs> for a third time. And so uh, there was one, the kind of assistant that turned to the abbot and talked, and they said, okay, okay, you can stay. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know if I was pushing the... <laughs> like. Anyway. So, anyway, Bahia asked for a third time. And the Buddha said to Bahia... Now, it's important that I remember exactly what he said. I mean, it's going to be translated uh, from the, the Pali, where it was recorded. It was not even said in Pali. It was recorded, written down in Pali. So, there's a few... Thousand years between this moment and this one, you know, and a few middle person people. (laughs) I I think in this case we can say middle man because it's this two thousand years of patriarchy there. Um, So the Buddha said, uh, Bahia, uh, when hearing, there is only hearing, when uh, seeing, there is only seeing when uh, perceiving, there's only perceiving. If there is no you, here or there or in between, this, just this, is the end of suffering. And then he left to go on his uh, arm rounds, and the story, legend, story, fact, who knows, says that, Few minutes after, seconds maybe after, uh, Bakya died in an accident, and people were saying, "Oh, how sad is that? That you know, you just gave him some instruction and teaching, and he was not able to uh, to reflect or practice with these instructions and words, you know." And the Buddha said, "Don't worry. He actually got it when I I told him, like he." I saw his mind totally understood what I meant because he had done his work, his mind was really stable, very aware, and, and he, he got it. And so, uh, in hearing, only hearing, in seeing, only seeing, in thinking, only thinking, in wanting, only wanting, if there's no you in there, over there or in between, no problem. So that's very, very deep teachings. But here we actually get to walk on that path. We might not have it as instantaneously as Bahia, but Bahia had done their work, you know. Apparently, they had an extremely quiet, stable mind. Um, and so, I don't know, how, d- how do you respond to these teachings? How are they intriguing? Do they touch some intuitive chord? you know, where you recognize there's something in there? Or it seems like it's not helpful, harmful in some ways. Could it be? I found that the I didn't know to the I wanted to be at the middle of the story. It's, it's mm-hmm. quite a struggle. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. normally when I meditate, it's not a struggle. Ah. And just your uh, guidance. You know, it's kind of like letting go of the ego. In fact, letting go of the I. And we didn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. It so made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So in practice, then it's like this because we're not pushing on anything. Yeah? We're just, it's exploration. We're interested in reality as it is. So if there's like, there's I, it's well established, it's not going anywhere in this moment, then that's what we're interested in. Oh, look at that. That's a pretty strong statement, you know. And we don't push on it. It shouldn't be otherwise, you know. In practice, that's mindfulness. doesn't judge, doesn't demand something. It's just we're asking questions. Who's listening? And if it says, I am listening, <laughs> you know then it's <laughs> <that's> clear. <laughs> this is how it's perceived. It's truly perceived like this, so. Go back to the breath. Yeah, really yeah. Go back to the breath. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you say at another time, you'll practice in a different way. And mm-hmm. suddenly it's the eye is not kind mm-hmm. of in the middle of the what's happening, how it's perceived or sensed, you know? So it, still it shows its flickering nature. Yeah. And that stabilizes the I. If we get caught up in those expectations Expectation. so and the, the suffering, yeah, right? it stabilizes the, the it
1: stabilizes suffering. The yeah. A link just between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Expectations. Cause I sort of remember it was extremely helpful to mm-hmm. see. Um, yeah. How can we let go of even? Their expectations of us, or yeah. our expectations for ourselves, and I think all of that reinforces the yeah. I. No, I think you're right. It's all touching on the clinging of an I, an I for myself or for another, and so how and I being in the teaching, this how the the the, the misunderstanding around it creates suffering. So it's very, very essentially linked to distress, suffering. You know. And so in, in the case, so last week uh, uh, or two weeks ago, when we were doing benevolence and the practice of metta, or loving kindness, and the way we were doing it is, instead of offering love or care or friendliness to somebody, we were actually uh, going through a practice of renunciation. So I free you from my expectations about you. I free you from my fascination, idealization, projection, demands, you know. I free you. And then we would be doing, I f- for a moment, I free myself from your ideas, you, you, this person or that person, or you society. you know I free you from what you put on me, uh, gender-wise or however elsewise, you know, and so experiencing uh, benevolence through renunciation of. Uh, i making you know i should be like this i free myself from my own expectations demands about myself i should be much better than i am i should be further along i should be more efficient i should be more loving i free myself from that uh, judgment in, in injunction imposition in, in you know and so yeah that's a, a way to release the notion of i that hurts so there's a there's a concept, there's a creation of a concept. Something is created in the mind. A I I might have an I that a, a better I than me, you know, a better Pascal. So there's an I in me that I believe in. It's a better version. It should be there. So and I live with that concept, you know, struggling with that ideation. And so I free myself from that idealization idealized version of uh, this I, this, ver- you know, of moi. Mm-hmm. I free myself from it. So it's another kind of maybe skillful way, uh, if it works, you know, to release the i you know. And with the Iing goes the you you know. He's like this, they're like this, they've always been like this, you know. <laughs> All that, like I free you, or they, Plural, they, these, that kind of people. I free you from the solidifying, you know, the reification. Is that the word? To reify, like make a thing out of s- something alive, dynamic in movement. So I free myself from even, how could I, I free myself from, from my limited view of the, you know, separate I, separate and against the world, you know, that has to survive in the world. But being aware that it's the I that's doing this expectation. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's Isn't the not, I doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's confusion, it's ignorance, delusion. Yeah, that's doing all this. Oh la la! (laughs) That's a full plate. That should be a rich week. (laughs) Okay, so let's maybe just take a minute to let the words uh, dissolve a little bit and just see what's there, naturally present. And can there be uh, some tenderness around it, whatever is there, some appreciation if it's uh, easeful or beautiful or full, and some compassion if it's, you know, uh, afflictive in some ways, disturbing. May we find deep freedom uh, and may we also offer protection and freedom to others. Okay, thank you. That's the form it took today. And it's gone or going. Okay, see you in two weeks, huh? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, of course, for the sustenance there for the <laughs> center and ah I. <laughs> In Spain. In spring. Ah, sorry. uh, As we had, you know, like uh, Rick Hansen coming. Oh yeah. No, I don't think there's uh, such an event right now that is uh, planned with uh, True North (laughs) Insight. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, you like these. I I don't like. (laughs) You yes. I love it. It's it's more than liking. Yeah. Uh, For me, it uh, it is like. Some kind of stone which is given, or whatever, that, that's yeah. not how it is called. But it is something which you look forward Like, you uh, know, I am a beginner, and I'm just, modern, just a little bit with a just starting to yeah. touch. So, uh, so I find that we, this space, Needs yeah. this kind of masters coming because the books are fantastic. But when you actually, I don't want to talk like that, I find uh, in my experience that uh, it gives, but it is again mine, my, my experience. Uh-huh. That it is